0: We are the Bride Radio, as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. WATV Radio seeks to inform and engage the Bride of Christ The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are The Bride Ministries, We Are The Bride Radio, or We Are The Bride Television. Thank you. Good morning, Bride. Good morning on this beautiful Sunday morning. Look, here in Tennessee, it is absolutely beautiful. Uh, we have a gorgeous Sunday morning here. Now listen, today I am preaching uh, from our church here, and I just want to say hello to all of our church members out there. We have a lot that are on the road right now, and even Brock, if y'all would pray for Brock. He is he is writing his book, and he is finishing uh, his book this weekend, and I'm so excited, Brad, because He is writing about his experience in heaven. So I know a lot of people want to hear it, and I'm very excited to read it myself. And so the Lord gave me a word for us today, Brad, and it's called Be Among the Living. Be Among the Living. Okay, if everybody would turn in your Bible to Ecclesiastes, chapter 9. Okay, let's turn our Bibles. Y'all know I do uh King James version. That is my go-to, is the King James. I actually prefer it. For he alone is worthy. For he alone is worthy for he alone is worthy Christ the Lord. than silver. Lord, you are more costly. Compares with you. Mm -hmm. What a day that will be. When our Jesus we will see. As we look upon his face. The one who saved us by his grace. Down on our knees is where I want to be. What a day, glorious day that will be. Mm-hmm. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living. Thanks you, for you. Mm-hmm. All right, Brad, listen, with the days that we are facing with today, with this being the end, (laughs) this is the end. You know, we talk about a lot in this ministry about destiny, and we talk a lot about, you know, the calling that's on our life, the purpose that's on our life. And I even celebrate a lot with Paul. Remember I was telling you about Paul whenever he was going to go to Jerusalem and a prophet walked up to him. Man, I feel the presence of God so thick right now. When Paul walked up to his friends and this prophet walks up to him and says, you don't go to Jerusalem because you're going to be beat in Jerusalem. And all of Paul's friends were telling him, oh, please don't go, Paul, please. We don't want you to get hurt. But Paul turns around and tells them, no, the Lord has already spoken to me. I will be martyred in Jerusalem. So the people, we all that read this, we all just felt this. We just felt it where the people just went like this. (sighs) Okay, you know, but the answer that they gave bride is what we live by today. The answer they gave. The answer was this, the will of the Lord be done. You know, Brad, with the coming days uh, of martyrdom and great persecution, we have to have this in our mindset that, you know, whatever your will is, God, this is what we want to live, you know, uh, to God be the glory. Our story Remember, I was telling you, bride, that for Christmas, you need to write your story for your family. Because this, a lot of us feel like this will be our last Christmas. And you need to write and put it in a gift. Write your little story of what God has done for you. Your legacy. Leave your legacy this Christmas, bride. Write it down in a notebook. Write it down. Even if it's just five pages, ten pages. And say, I want all of my family to know what God has done for me. Don't put it in electronic form, Brad, unless God tells you to write a book. Then you have the book printed so you can have it in a form because they're going to change. I believe, Brad, when they switch over to this new order next year that they're going to wipe Christianity offline. This is the first time I've ever said this, but this is what I'm feeling. They're going to wipe it. They're going to strip it. And so you need to write it and you need to give it to your family members for Christmas. And you need to, you know, do it like, you know, this is this is who I am. Like, let's say it's me right now with my kids and I'm giving my kids their Christmas present. You know, and I put on there, you know, to each one of my children, I have three children, seven grandchildren, and one on the way. And I write my story, and I, I print it, and I have one printed for each one of my family members, maybe even one for all my grandchildren. But I want an official record of what God has done for me. I want you to know kids. I want you to know grandkids. I want you to know the story of God in my life. The greatness that he has done. I want you to know the beauty of his holiness. I want you to know the times that he came to my house with food. I want you to know that he provided for me. I want you to know that he saved my soul. He delivered me and He set me free. I want you to know, children, this is the greatest gift I could give you. It's the story of Jesus in our family. A lot of you brighter like me. You're matriarchs of the family. And you, you need them to know the story of the person That God made you to be. It may even contradict. It may even contradict. What the story that they knew about you. From the days of old. You know the story of. Who you used to be. You are going to have it in official record. The story for God's glory. So I guess God is really wanting y'all to do that this Christmas bride, because I I just keep feeling this, that we need to document God in our families because a lot of family members don't believe us right now. they're, They're blinded. Okay. So, you can put it and you can write it down because one day when you're gone, let's say you're martyred and you're gone, they may read that and say, you know, I remember when mama told me that. I remember. Or when their time comes and they have to answer, they have to choose the mark. They have to choose, you know, the beast or not. They'll remember your story. Give it to them whether they like it or not right now, bride. Because your story is for God's glory. And I encourage you too, bride, tell the dirty, tell the dark where you was. Tell them who you was and what God has done to bring you where you're at now. See, a lot of times the prophet's not accepted in his own country. You know why? Because they know where you come from. They, rem- they remember And some of them don't even know some of the things you were doing. But when they see how God, you know, set you free, they'll, they'll give God glory. And the devil might be condemning your family. He might be telling them, you know, you did this so thus God can't save you. And then you can use your story to say, you know what? Look what he did for me. Our God. Is an awesome God. He reigned from heaven above with wisdom. Power and love. Our God is an awesome God. All right, brother, well, let's go ahead and get started. Let's all pray. Lord, we thank you for this word today. We thank you, God, for equipping us for such a time as this. Thank you, Lord, that you're preparing us, Lord, for the next place that you have for us, the the end of our journey. Thank you that you're preparing us for greatness. Lord, no matter what is on the other side of The rest of our life, Lord, you are always over there. You are always with us. You never leave us or forsake us, Lord. So I pray, God, that today in your word that it would come to life, Lord, and that you would use these lips for your glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, bride. Well, let's go ahead and open up to where is my glasses by, bride? Where, oh, where is my glasses tonight? What did I do? I've lost my glasses. <laughs> oh, no. I had them sitting over here. Who knows? Oh, well, let's just pray that I'm... <laughs> let's pray, Brian, for my eyes. All right, here we go. Okay, now we're in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, so... Turn in your Bibles, bride, to verse three. Okay, It says here, this is an evil among all things that are done under the sun, that there is one event unto all. One event. Yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil. And madness is in their heart while they live, and after that they go to the dead. For to him that is joined, to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living knows that they shall die. But the dead know not anything, neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. So, bride, today, are you among the land of the living? Are you among the rivers of living water? Remember I told you, bride, last week when we talked about the two trees in the garden, how... We're all trees in God's great garden. When a tree is not saved, that tree is hollow and empty. That's why you can look at a lot of people and they just look empty. They look, they look hollow. It's because God has not filled them with the rivers of what? Living water. See, when we get saved, our roots supernaturally go down into the earth, into the rivers. They connect to a supernatural world that this world knows not of. This world is dead and hollow. They are dead men walking. They have no idea what is on the other side of their last breath. Some of them may have an idea, but they're not among the land of the living. The land of the living, like it says right here in Ecclesiastes, we're aware that we're going to die. We're aware of how very close we are to taking that last breath. We're very aware of our eternity in heaven. We're very aware of the eternity of God and the time of eternity. We're aware that we may only have one month left here. We may only have three months left. We may only have six months left, six years left. We may only have three years left here. We're among the living. We are living. We're gathering the time that God has for us and using it for the uttermost. It's not about the quantity of time you have left. It's about the quality of time that you have left. Okay, Lord, my destiny is in your hands. You know when my time is going to come. You, you know when, when your role is called up yonder. When your role Is called up yonder when your role is called up yonder. I will be there. See, we recognize that the time that we have here is just a minute moment. It is going to fly by so fast. You know, Bride. I've been with people on their deathbed. I've told you this, 110, 101, you know, all the different ages, 55, you know, I've been with people on their deathbed. let me tell you something, that 110 year old can tell you it was a fleeting moment of being on this earth. When you're elderly, You're still young. You still, your body may be 90, but you still feel 20. Isn't that something? You still, most most people can still remember, you know, the memories of when you was 20. They They can remember when they was 30 and when they was 10 at their mama's house for Christmas. And their mama used to make them that weird stuff called white trash candy. (laughs) Somebody told me there was some candy called white trash. I was like, what? But anyway, people of all ages remember, and it's gone just like that. In a fleeting moment, we will take our last breath, Brad. But when that time comes, there is a destiny on the other side of that that can only be controlled from over here. And the land of the living requires a death. It requires a death. See, in order for us to go over there and be a part of the eternity over there in the land of the living, We have to die in the dead land that we're in now. See, this this dead land that we're in right now, it has an identity for every one of us. And it, it has a mold and a make and an image that it sets up for every human that it wants it to fulfill. So it tells that human, you know what, if you want to be a homosexual, you know, If you, why don't you just be a transgender and you know, we'll celebrate you. Go ahead and, and, and just rip your body to shreds. Go ahead and just destroy yourself and we, we will celebrate it. Go ahead. Go ahead and just drink all you want to and, and go ahead and do this. Just be yourself in this world. Just be yourself. Just, Go with whatever. There's no boundaries, no limits over here. And then this body just continually, this death just takes them on out and then they end up in an eternity in hell. They live dead and they die dead. They're a dry old stick in God's great garden because that tree never lived. That tree was dry. But what's really sad is, let's say, let's say that tree decided, you know what? I'm going to give you a shot, God. I, I really am. I'm going to live for you, God. Okay, so that tree, that tree says, yes, Lord, I'm going to serve you. It does it until persecution comes. And then the tree says, uh-uh, I'm not walking in that garden. I'm out. Mm-mm. I'm not going to have my image tainted. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not going to be persecuted. I I refuse to live like that. And then that tree goes back to being hollow. But what that tree don't know is, all right, you walk out of this supernatural garden. When you walk back into the dry garden. There are seven more demons waiting to come back in this host because you got away once and they're going to make sure you don't get away again. So the tree walks out of the, the blessing, walks out of the heavenly garden. So yes, you can backslide bride. You walk out of the glory. You walk out of God's garden and you will see you may be have you may have pleasure a temporary pleasure for a moment you may enjoy the debauchery for a moment but sin always has a price the bible says that sin the wages of sin is death and see that's why when a tree goes into the garden and a tree, a tree begins to see the light and it, it connects to heaven and it starts living and all the beautiful rivers are flowing. The demons that are on the outside of this bubble look in and they're like, I want them back. I want them back. I don't want them to live. I want them to die. But see, it's up to the human tree. To choose to stay in this garden and to continue to die a thousand deaths, to stay in this garden, to allow God to purge and sift and prune and pluck off. My daughter, let me just pull out them oh, let me just pull out them old memories that cause you to to not want to do this. Let me just let me just pull off that hurt. Let me let me pull off that addiction. Let me let me pull this off. Let me pull this off. And being in the garden with God is very painful. Because you're you're stepping into the unknown. You're stepping into the narrow road of the unknown. And you're you're stepping into a place that's unfamiliar. See, when you look back, you see the familiar. You know what happens over here. So your old flesh would say, oh, you know, you just want to go back out here and, you know, go back to the bar scene. And, you know, you had so much more fun over there because you had a bunch of people you hung out with all the time. And he presents this image that you want to go back out and get back in. That old devil tugs on you. Oh, you know, you want to call that ex-boyfriend. You know, you want to do this and you know, you want to do this. And he pulls outside of that bubble to get you to try to get you to go back out there outside of this bubble and outside of the glory. This is for somebody out there today. But see, what he don't tell you is, when you get outside of that bubble, when you get outside of that glory, them roots have been pulled out of the rivers. Them roots will begin to not recede from the rivers of living water, and then they become dry, and that that tree becomes a dry old tree. Because see, those demons back here, they want to pull that tree to hell with it. They wanna they wanna suck the life out of that tree. But see, God fills that tree with the Holy Ghost, fills the tree with His presence, fills the tree with His glory, but the tree has to keep that that life flowing. The tree has to has to pray and has to spend time with the Creator and has to has to eat the word, eat the word. Cause see a supernatural thing happens, Bride, when you read the Bible. See, when you read the Bible, it's a this is a tree, this is a dead tree, and you're reading off of the living Word of God. You're 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 reading the life of God. You're reading the life that just it comes in and it enters. And see, this Word examines you as you examine it. And and the Word comes in and it, it, it goes to all the fibers of your being. It's like, it's like you just want to take the Bible and just cover it on yourself and say, clothe me. Clothe me with this. And Brad, I want to say this too real quick, that I believe that we're coming to the day that this is going to be removed. This is going to be offensive. Like right now, they're after our guns. I believe they'll be after this very, very soon. And this new image, this world, this new world order that they're creating, they want God out of it. They want His Word out of it. They have been already in the digital world been changing the word they have like right now just try go in there and try try googling just go to google and try putting in the words is lgbt a sin which you know a lot of the teenagers and whatnot you know will probably be googling this and you will see the results that come back See, they are designing this digital world to fit their narrative. They don't want a printed copy of anything. They want you to go into this virtual world and to become an avatar and to receive from the beast. The word that it has written. See? But when you read the word of God, this word comes to life and it changes you. It breaks through the lies of the devil because the devil lies to us, bride. He, he paints this picture in our heads of what is the truth. And see, we have to have the word. That's why a lot of people and I listen. I've had people tell me this Bride, on all the states I've been through all through this country. I've had people tell me. I don't need the bible anymore. I have the spirit. The the spirit just leads me and tells me. So I don't I don't need the word anymore. I'm like, uh I don't think so. The word is how you measure everything. The word is the truth. Don't ever leave this word, Brian. This is why we need to memorize it and put it in our heart. You know, that's that's one thing I just love about Brock is uh, Brock is like a walking Bible. I mean, he has it's I can't say he's memorized the entire Bible, but all you have to do is ask him, where's the scripture on this? And, you know, he, he's like he, his brain is amazing. You know, when we was in Bible college, we you know, I was in Bible college with both my boys, which was a blessing. And Brock knew all the kids' names. There was five hundred. He has that kind of memory. You know, where me I'd be like, people get mad at me sometimes because I'll ask them like, I'm sorry, what's your name again? You know. It's <laughs> it's God help me, you know. But anyway, so God wants us to memorize this word. He he wants us to Uh, have this word deep in our heart, you know, so that we know, and also bride, you need this word in your heart so that you will know what is the false. When these people are out here saying, you know, uh, once saved, always saved is true. You know, when they tell you, which a lot of the NAR is like this, where they tell you, uh, you know, there's no more tree of knowledge of good and evil When once you get saved. And how they get saved is very suspicious anyway, Brad. Just accept Jesus in your heart and you're saved. It's like, and that's all there is. You know, that's the way they present it. And there's not any price you have to pay to accept Jesus. There's not any consequences to sin in this world over here. You know, it's totally opposite of what real Christianity is. Let me let me just give a news flash right here. Real Christianity, bride, is suffering. I'm just telling you right now, real Christianity is Jesus. Jesus suffered, and so will you. Jesus says, they hate you, they hate me, they will hate you. When you preach truth, you will be so persecuted. A lot of you are. You have been telling the truth. People are not listening. They don't want to hear the truth. Imagine how Jesus felt. That's how he felt. He preached the truth and they want to beat him. The same with Stephen. Do you think Jesus tickled people's ears? How is love? How is that love, people? You know, some people think I'm too bold. I'm like, No, real love is like that. Real, real love tells the truth. Real love will tell you how it is. Like I told you the story of me with the beautician that time. And she was doing my hair. This was in one of the other states I was in when I was traveling. And she was doing my hair and she knew I was a preacher. And she said, you know, she started, she began to tell me about her adulterous affair with this married man. And she was single. And she was saying, you know, all this, how the man's wife wanted him with her. So she kind of put them together and how everything is fine and, you know, how much he loves her and he gives her money all the time and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And how very happy she is. So I listened to her. Until the end. And I told her, I said, I said, ma'am. Now, see. How, how would most people, you're in this new community and you're going to a beautician. This is your first time. And, you know, you like to build relationships. You know, when you're going to be in a place for a while, you like to build relationships with these people. With your beautician, with your, your nail tech, you know, and with your mailman, your postman, and, and your neighbors, the grocery store. You want to build relationship with these people. You don't want to offend people, of course, you know. And so at the end, when she finished, I told her, I said, ma'am, you know, I'm a preacher. And she said, yes. I said, you know, I have to tell you the truth according to the word of God, right? She goes, yes. I said, ma'am, you're going to split hell wide open if you continue to go down this road. And that's what I told her. I said, the devil's lying to you, ma'am. I said, God would never bless a mess. You can make no excuse for saying I'm with this married man and try to make an excuse of why it's going to work. I said, that is a lie from the pits of hell. I'm just telling you right now, ma'am. I said, you better run from that man and run for the hills. And that's what I've been telling all of you this too. Uh, You know, the the people that are in immorality like this, you better run for the hills because in the days that we're in, you may be stuck there and, and go to hell like that. You can't do that, Brad. Choose this day who you will serve. And like I've said before, I would rather be in my car on the side of the road in the graces of God, in the favor of God with his eyes upon me than to be living like this for a temporal pleasure or a temporal satisfaction of being taken care of and provided for than, you know, to be living this way and be out of the favor of God. And much less, bride, this is something else that just come up in my spirit. The things that we do for money, I know, bride, I've been there. Okay, the things we do for money, especially right now with the with the trauma that's happening right now and the horrible things. If we have children and we live somewhere because we want somebody else to pay our bills and we're putting our own children in harm's way by living there, you are out of God's will. That is not God's will. See, people say, well, I need somebody to take care of me. Yeah, but what about your children? You know, where is your faith in God that he is going to take care of you? There is no way God will want your children to live somewhere in harm's way. And for them to live under fear all the time. You know, God wants those children to see you living in peace. It's not worth the money. I don't care what it is. I don't care what kind of lifestyle they're giving you. When it comes to those children, they need peace. So get out of that situation and run for your lives and protect your children and ask God, okay, I'm leaving. I need to know, God, where am I going to go? You're going to have to take care of me. I refuse for my children to live with someone who is abusive to my children who is mean to my children, and my children have to live like this. No, I would rather me be with my children and then be safe and have God take care of us and let them see God. What kind of God are they seeing right now, Brad? I'm talking to you as a mama right now. What kind of of life is those children seeing when they see this anger in a home? when they see this this malice towards the children but you're the mom and you're okay with that what is that saying to the children that you're staying in a place that you know these children do not feel comfortable because this person you're living with that is paying your bills so you're okay but your children are not okay you know do you think God's going to bless that mess i'm not talking about marriage y'all i'm talking about just people being secure, living with other people to take care of them. This is the hour that God wants you. He wants to show you miracles, bride. Yes, the world is falling apart. Yes, I see all this, but don't you think God sees it too? And I'm not telling you something I have not lived, bride. I am telling you as a living testimony that God will take care of you. I I can sit here all day, Brad, and tell you stories of how God put me in the desert. He put me in a dry place very far from people, and God took care of me with no money. He had people drive from out of state to come and bless me. God will bless you in the country. He will bless you in the city. He will bless you in a desert. He will bless you as long as you live a life that is honorable to God. Because remember, bride, we are to do things that are honorable before God and man. Before God and man. And see, I can just hear some people say, well, this happens in my home and nobody else in the world knows about it but me. Well, your kids do. Your kids know about it. And that is being buried deep within them. And you are to be children's protector. You're to protect them from harm. That is your job as a parent, you know, and your job is to look out for them and their well-being, not just how they're going to, you know, live, how are they're going to this. And let me tell you all something. I can hear people say, yeah, but I lost my job. You don't understand. You're just being, you're being this and you're, you know, I can just hear the reactions. I'm not reading the chat. I'm just telling you what is coming up in my spirit. I can hear some of you saying this. But I'm telling you that His eye is on the sparrow. And I know He watches me. And I sing Because I'm happy And I sing Because I'm free For His eye Is on the spell I know he watches me. Remember, Bride, I told you the story of how I was a single mama and I had kids at home. And, you know, I was divorced, freshly divorced. And, you know, my kids were teenagers and we had nowhere to go. And so I was buying this house. I was trying to buy this house and they let me move in. I was building the house and I was designing it, you know, picking out the cabinets, the knobs, the ceiling fan, the the side, the colors of everything, all the fun stuff that a woman gets to do when they build a house. So uh, my kids were so excited because we had our first brand new house, you know, and to a woman, oh the feeling of owning a house is beyond words. It is amazing because you're a mama and your kids, especially when you're single and you're able to put them in a house and you're, you know, you know, your little, your little chicks are all safe in the nest, you know? (laughs) know? And so we was all happy and everything. And I get a phone call, ma'am. I hate to tell you this, but you're not going to be able to live in that house. You've got 10 days to get out. Your loan didn't go through. I'm like, sir, please don't take this house from my kids. I mean, we were fixing the close in a few days. I was like, sir, please don't take the house, please. My kids need a home, please. He said, ma'am, you got 10 days to get out and hung up. I was in the bedroom at the time I got the call, and I went in the living room. And I was crying to God like a baby. I was pouring it on. I was like, God, you know, these kids are so happy to have this home. Please don't take the home from them, Lord. And, you know, I'm just praying and begging, praying and begging. And then all of a sudden I felt the presence of God come over me. And I was like, but I praise you anyway. I praise you in the midst of the storm. I praise you, Lord. You are worthy. And I just go into all this. You are worthy of all praise. You're so holy, glorious, mighty. You know, so I'm all praising God and I'm jumping up down. and I'm screaming. So I'm praising God in the midst of the verdict that you're going to take my house and I got to be on the street with my kids. I am jumping up and down, praising God. So I go back there in the bedroom. My phone rings and it says, unidentified, not unknown, but unidentified. And I said, hello? And this man says, I mean, I hear a, a faint sound in the distance. It says, His eye is on the sparrow, and I know, and it starts getting louder, he watches me, and I see, and I'm sitting there listening, because I'm Happy, and I'm listening. I start crying because I know God had an angel call me and sing to me, and I sing because I'm free for His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me click. I'm like, I'm sitting there like, oh my goodness. God just had an angel call me and sing to me. And then the phone rings again. I'm like, hello? And it says, ma'am, I don't know what to tell you. But not only do you get to keep that house, but now the house is, you have a cheaper house note and a cheaper interest rate. Congratulations, ma'am, you own the house. I was like, wow, oh, I was screaming. I was so happy. Now I got my beautiful home. The Lord provided bride. And one year later, just I only got to live there one year. Grave memories we had in that home for one year. And the Lord tells me, now you have to give me the home back. I'm like, what? He said, yes, you got to give me the home back. Go to Ohio, go to Bible college with nothing. That's another one of them stories. You think Washington, D.C. was great where I went up there with $9 in the suitcase Try going to Columbus, Ohio at 36 years old and going up there with kids and no money. And and the Lord telling you to give away everything. I gave away everything. All I had was my van that somebody had filled up with gas and a little U-Haul trailer that somebody had bought that I put boxes in. And I went to Ohio with that. And I had a dime. That was the dime. I have the dime, the $20, and the $9 story. The dime is the Bible college. Okay, so I went up there, and God met me there, Brad. He told me to go, and when I got up there, it began to flow. I got up there. Everything was provided, the apartment. I got better furniture than I could have ever gave up. God was there. He came through. It was a blowout. It was great. Well, then when God sent me to, uh, told me to travel across the entire border of the country in 2017, that was the $20 story. He gives me four dreams and four nights. This was after fasting for President Trump for 40 days. He says, I want you to travel the entire border of the country. I want you to start at Washington, D.C., go over to the East Coast, go all the way down to Miami. All the way down to Florida, back up to Mississippi, go all the way down Texas, all the way down to the bottom of Texas by Mexico border, come on up through El Paso, go all the way over to California, all the way up the state of Washington, go all the way through Oregon, all the way up to the state, all the way up there to uh, the Canada border, to where I have one foot on the United States and one foot in Canada, it was pretty cool. Travel there on the border all the way through Montana, all the way through Minnesota, all the way through Wisconsin, down there to Chicago. And then go all the way from there to Ohio, all the way up, went through Michigan, all the way up there to Niagara Falls, New York, up there by Canada. I actually stayed the night in Canada. Then go over there all the way to Maine and come all the way down to Pennsylvania and come back to Washington, D.C. 36 states, 18,000 miles on $20. <laughs> I lie to you not. $20. And I went there and I stayed with people all across this country. I met the most greatest people. I interviewed all these people. $20 in a car with a rod knocking and bald tires. Yes. One of the tours I went on, I had a car that had 260,000 miles on it. I went on that car and and I had my niece tell me, she goes, if she comes back after she does that tour, I'll give my life to the Lord. There ain't no way that car right there is going to go across this country and come back. It had 260,000 miles on it, bracket. I forgot how much money, but it was nothing. I took off in that car. I drove. I was gone, I think, six months. Staying out there across this country. I forgot how many states, probably 10 or 15 states. Went out there across the country, traveled. That's when I was serving all these ministries for free. Went out there. I'd stay with this ministry two months, help them do their live streaming, help them build their website, etc. cetera go to the next city, help them build their website, teach them how to do live streaming, you know, bringing everybody up with all the knowledge that God had taught me in college. And I finished that tour and I come back and I walk up to her. I said, you ready to get saved? It was funny. That car made it back, baby. When God wants you to do something, when you choose to walk in holiness, and I, I can tell you, Brad, when I chose to serve the Lord, I lost everything. When I went into full-time ministry, this was seven years ago. I went in, this is in 2013. I went like this. After graduating with my master's degree, after coming back from London, not bragging, but studying in London under the top three global firms, made a hundred on it, come back, graduated, not the top of my class, but close enough to where they crowned me whenever I was uh, in grad school. I went from that to obedience to God straight down into the pit. Lost everything. People made fun of me. They mocked me. I was homeless for years. And you know what? There was only one time of my homelessness that I was ever on the streets one time. And the reason, Brad, is because I was staying in this house and those people started drinking And I chose to leave. So I had a roof I could have stayed in that night, but I chose to leave. So I was homeless on the streets one night. I went to church that next day. That that was the day bride that Satan come to see me. Do y'all remember this story? I was homeless I was out there, and by this time, everybody had abandoned me. My church, my family, everybody thought I went off the deep end. They thought I went crazy. I was out there. It was pouring down rain. It was storming. And it's hard to explain how you feel when you're homeless because uh, not only do you feel less than, because you have all these opinions of man who thinks you're trash. Okay, but it's the opinion you have of yourself that's already pretty low. You see what I mean? Even if you're in obedience, you feel this way, you know, certain times. And so I'm out there and I'm getting ready for church. I, have, I haven't I have had a shower. I feel like I'm stinking, you know, and I, I have to go to church because I'm the type I like to go to church every Sunday. And so I was like... I'm going to go to church even if I stink. And this is going into a church I had been in for 16 years. Okay. The church that was rejecting me. Okay. I walked in. Oh, well, first I'm out there underneath this awning of this business trying to get out of the rain. And I was outside and uh, I was going through my stuff, trying to find some clothes that I could put on to go to church because I had my car packed down. And all of a sudden, bride, this red silhouette, I say it was Satan, but this red silhouette thing, I uh, just walked through the rain. And he walked right up to me and he goes, why don't you just kill yourself? Just give up already. Everybody, you know, just real sarcastic, like, Everybody is uh, giving up on you. You're a disgrace to society. You're a disgrace to yourself. You know, and just this morbid kill yourself spirit, you know, uh, because of where I was at in the rejection, the abandonment from society, because I was not, people would tell me all the time, with all that education, you know, you should be, uh, you know, living at large. You should not be homeless. You're a user. And, you know, all the names people called me, you wouldn't believe. So I sat there while this thing was speaking to me and then I called on to it. Wait a minute, I'm sitting here with the devil, you know. So I said, I rebuke you, Satan. Get thee behind me in the name of Jesus. So I spoke to this spirit and then it went and disappeared. So I went to church. And I walked in so embarrassed because of the way I smelled, the way I looked, couldn't do my hair. You know how it is. You walk in there and everybody else is all with their frou-frou and everybody's all fresh with a bath. And, you know, everybody's all happy with their money. And, you know, I'm walking in and I'm like stripped to the bone. God's stripping me everything about who I who I ever thought I was, God was stripping me. All that education, he was stripping. He he was it's the only way I can describe it because he was taking all that pride and that haughtiness and that who I thought of, the image of my old self. He was like, you know, stripping it off and I was walking in this church, you know, where everybody was abandoning me, and I walked in there bare, you know. And the only thing I could do, Briden, see, here is the choice that I had to make in my suffering in the uttermost pit. We have a choice to make. Are we going to press in or are we going to retreat back? See, my flesh could have retreated back. And went out there and got desperate, and went off the deep end, and you know went to a bar, and you know got a job just anywhere, and you know to to satisfy that longing of that flesh of I have an education now I can't use it. God, see, God was making me use that education for His people. See, He told me when I first rendered, He said. I want you to use your edge. He said, I'm your boss. This is what God told me. He said, I'm your boss. I want you to use your education, talent, gifts, and skills to help my people. I'm your boss. And immediately I knew, oh, that means I'm not going to get paid, you know, because you go to school all them years, bride, seven years. Well, no, at that time, I'm sorry, it was only six years because another year was for the doctor. But I went to school seven, I mean, six years because I was single and I wanted to take care of myself and I didn't want to be dependent on a man again. All you women out there, you hear what I'm saying. okay? and so now God has stripped that and caused me to be totally dependent upon God with nothing out here, you know, nothing to grab a hold of, no credit cards, no Uh, No people donating for sure. No uh, anything out here. Nothing except him. I could have retreated and went back to my old familiar world or I could choose to do what I did in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the persecution. I went on my face. I went to the church stinking and knowing the opinions of the men towards me. And I got underneath that pew during worship and I, I pressed my face on that carpet and I cried like a baby. I cried to the only one that knew what I was going through, the only one that was in control of my destiny, the only one that can provide for me. And that was my God and my King. He was the only one I had to get down. I had to to explore Him and I had to cry to Him and I had to pour it out. And I had to tell Him how I feel. He didn't relieve it, Bride. He didn't relieve it. I had to stay there. He would just tell me. He would say, go here and go there. And do this and do that. And sometimes I feel I would feel like I have nothing else to give. You're, you're asking me as I'm suffering, as I'm hurting, as I'm without in every aspect, you're asking me to go out here and minister here and go here and go there. Yes. Yes. I had no idea when God had me. When I was on my face, that decision to go into intercession in my suffering beyond pale, you know, my decision to go low and to get on my face and intercede before God when I was hurting and nobody else understood. But God is the reason I'm sitting here today, bride. It's the only reason. God knows where every one of you are at. He knows. But see, we have to get out of the familiarity and out of the ways that we've always known to survive. We have to get out of the past and out of the image that the devil wants us to have. We have to find God. We have to find God's image. We have to find his way. We have to find his purpose. He is the one that knows how to get us from A over here to Z. And he still does, even when everything is collapsing, even when the new world order is right here in our face. Even though it's right here, he knows. And he knows how to get you over here. But see, if we keep trusting in our own way, trusting in this is what's going to take care of me and my kids. This is what I need to do over here because then I'll be safe. You know, that's as far as you'll ever get. And it may send you to hell too. You need to come out of this idol worship and you need to come over here into like, okay, God, you're the one that knows time and space. You're the one that knows who I am. You know who these kids are. You know that I'm out here and I'm by myself. I have no money. You know, I mean, he knows the whole thing. I need to hear from you more than anything. This is what I said when I got on my face, Bride. I said I need to hear from you right now more than anything. And that's how he led me across this country all those many times. It's my ear. Let the Spirit hear. Let your ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. See, we need to hear Him, and we need to act, we need to move, and we need to be among the land of the living. The land of the living, bride is a land that is very narrow, and it is in a lot of suffering. And I mean... You know what I mean by suffering. It's not always like suffering, you know, uh, in torture or suffering financially or suffering great, great, great persecution. It's not always like that. But it's the suffering of the world's expectations of you. Do you see what I mean? The suffering of... What may come, you know, like we all know martyrdom and the great persecutions, like right around the corner. We know this suffering's coming, but we just have to ask God, okay, how what do I need to do to be prepared? What do I need to do to get to my destiny? If it's the will of the Lord to be done, do you hear what I'm saying, Brad? Paul knew it was. Paul didn't run from going to Jerusalem because he knew he was going to be martyred in Jerusalem. We are not wimps. Do you hear me? We're not wimps. It's not that we have this victim mentality and we just want to be martyred. (laughs) It's not that at all. We just want to honor the Lord in life and honor the Lord in death. So the will of the Lord be done. So we want to be among the land of the living because we know that when we take our last breath, we're taking the next breath in eternity with Him. We're in the land of the living. We never die. We're already there. We're we're already in the land of the living because we're connected. We're, We're connected to the living vine. We're connected to a world people don't see. So we're already there. We're already in the land of the living. So God knows how to take us around on this earthly realm until our time comes for us to cross over into the eternity land. You see what I mean? This world that we're living now, Bride, is only temporary. And it's only a fleeting moment. See that devil lies to you and says, "Oh, you need to, you need to go down this road, and you need to, you know, kind of go back and revert to your old ways because that's where you're familiar with." No, it's not, Bride. You are in the land of the living. You're in a world, a vast world of miracles. You're in a vast world of of the unknown of God. You're you're in the Chronicles of Narnia, you know, type of world now. You're the reason I say that is because of that movie they crossed out of the old world through a closet into this new world. It's like that. But see, if we're not constantly aware that we're in the land of the living, that we're in the land that this world back here knows not of. So they want to look at us as we're walking around in this world. And we're being led by somebody they cannot see. We're listening to somebody that they cannot hear. We're doing things that they don't understand because our God, our creator, the leader of this world is the one that is leading us because while we are kings and priests in this world, we're here to serve our creator. We're here to do His bidding. We are ambassadors in this world. We are to be shining lights to this world. We are to be a sign and a miracle and a wonder to them. They ought to look at us and go, Wow, look what the Lord has done. Even when they're suffering, they're praising God. Even when they're homeless, They're praising God. You know, this is the world they need to be seen. Because the goal is, bride, we want them over here. So this is what I'm trying to tell you, bride, too, about you writing your, doing your Christmas gift to your family this year is your testimony. Okay? Okay? You want them that are believing the lie of the enemy, they're they're believing the narrative that's being painted out there, this image of the beast that's being put out there, okay? They're believing that image, okay? You want them to see the image of Jesus in you, even to your last breath. So put it in writing, put it in a form that when you leave, they will have something that they will be able to read when they're hurting. When they, when they realize that they've been lied to, you realize it a long time ago, but when they realize that they've been lied to, they're going to read Mama's letter, and they're going to say, you know what? Mama was right, man. I have been believed. I have been duped. I have been, leaving, been believing the lie of the enemy. And then when they come to heaven a couple of months after you or a couple of years after you and they walk through them pearly gates, you're going to be there to meet them. And you're going to say, What a day that will be when my son is here with me as we hold hands together And we read each other's books as we gaze upon the mountain and see God upon the hill. What a day, glorious day that will be. So let me just end it with this, Brian. Okay. There he is, like it says here in verse three, there's one event coming to every human that's death. One event. If there's a time to live and there's a time to die. We're all going to cross over. But where we go is dependent upon us every day. Do we live a life of repentance? Do we live a life of putting God first? Remember in my book where I wrote about the judgment, that's what brings judgment. And that's why the country is in judgment right now. We have left God. What they're doing right now, bride to God is a smack in his face. It's a disgrace to our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. When we have a president that says, you know, we don't need God. We don't need his opinion. When they shape all these laws and do all these things without the heart of Jesus, the heart of God, in there, then they're asking for sure judgment. Because you think you know better than God. It's like a Herod situation. So, For us, Brad, I want to encourage you, and then I want you to go to the last chapter in the book of Revelation. Let's all turn there. It's Revelation 21. I want to read that to you before we get off here. Okay? Because this is the truth of where we're going, Brad. Okay? All right. let's turn over here. Here we go. Revelation 22, I mean. Revelation 22. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. I think about Brock, you know, this weekend, he's been in a cabin and he's been writing his book about his experience in heaven. I cannot wait to read it because when he talks about the way Jesus showed him God upon that mountain, oh, man. I mean, the temple when he showed him like the temples up there on the mountain, the lights, the beauty of it, the four rivers that come down off sides of the mountain. Mm -hmm. I just can't imagine. In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which has 12 manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. And there was no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be where bride? Think about this. Look. In their foreheads. Why do you? I told you, bride, about the mark of the beast. Why does Satan want to mark his bride? He wants to mark them on the forehead or in their hand. Satan wants to put his image on the humans uh, because he wants to mark them. But in the end, God's people will be marked with his name on their foreheads. So let's read that again when it says, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the lamb shall be in it. And the servants shall serve him and they shall see his face. Oh, what a day. That will be when I see his face. When I look into his eyes. I want to touch his face. What a day that will be when our Jesus We shall see what a day, glorious day that will be. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These things are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must surely be done. Don't you love that bride that God speaks to us and he tells us like all of us that are being prepared for martyrdom and being prepared for, we know this is coming. It's already written in the but We know that, We're willing to give our lives for the cause of the gospel. I mean, the apostles did. And so it's amazing how he does on that. Verse seven, behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keeps the saying of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and I heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then said he unto me, See, thou do not do that, for I am your fellow servant, and of the brethren, the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book. Worship God. And he said unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. There it is with the time again, bride. Now listen to this, talking about time. You ready? Verse 11, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly and pay reward. Oh, and, thy, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Now, this is the last book of the Bible, right? Blessed are they that do his commandments. That they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates of that city. I dreamed of a city called Glory, so bright and so fair. As I entered the gates, I cried, Holy. The angels all met me there. They carried me from mansion. To mention and oh, the sights I saw. But then I said, I want to see Jesus. He's the one who died for all. Then I bowed on my knees and cried, holy. I cried, holy. Holy, I clapped my hands and sang glory, glory to the Son of God as I entered the gates Of that city my loved ones All knew me well They took me down the streets of heaven the scenes, there are too many to tell. I saw Abraham, there was Isaac and Jacob, Mark and Timothy. But then I said, I want to see Jesus. He's the one who died for me. Won't this be wonderful, Brad? But then I said, holy, holy. Are you Lord? Mm. Whew, what a day this is going to be, Brad. All right, let's continue. Blessed, we're in verse 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life. So it sounds like a stipulation, doesn't it, Brad? and may enter in through the gates of the city. For without, listen to this, bride, are dogs, sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, idolaters, and whosoever loves and makes a lie. I feel led to say this. Your lifestyle could be a lie. Not just make a lie like I'm going to tell a lie. Your lifestyle could be a lie. You, you could be living a lie of an image that you want to give people, but it's a lie. Whosoever maketh a lie. See, God does everything, bribe, pure and holy. He doesn't do things in secret like that. I mean, he does things like it. Right? I mean, he, doesn't, he doesn't hide. You know, he, he doesn't, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? He doesn't do things shady. He doesn't do things impure. He doesn't do things that would cause reproach upon children, a reproach upon yourself, a reproach upon your image. No, God is holy. He doesn't, he doesn't break up marriages to give you a spouse. He doesn't hurt children to make you feel safe. He doesn't He doesn't do that. God God is he's he's pure, he's beautiful, and what he does is a blessing to others. What he's not for instance, I'm single, okay? He's not going to send me somebody that is going to bring a reproach even though I may like it even though I may feel satisfied and it's what I want. But yet all the other people around me have huge, big red flags. And they're all, you know, I don't feel right. You know (laughs) know what I'm saying? Uh, No, God's not going to do that. See, then we get into justifying in our head, you know, like, uh, well, you know, I don't care if y'all like it or not. You know, you begin justifying You know, God does everything pure and holy. He does things that are in the light. Do you understand? He does things that are in the light. He's not going to have you live a lie. You're making a lie when you're living an impure lifestyle. It is making a lie. God wants you to live in the light, live in the open. Don't bring reproach upon your children. Don't bring reproach upon your parents. Don't bring reproach upon yourself. God wants you to live with honor. And you know what? All those years of me being homeless. The honor that I had in myself. I loved it because my honor was before my king. My honor was his, his eyes being upon me. The favor the little sweet nothings he would do for me. The beauty of his holiness in that relationship of purity is something you can never pay for. It's not there, there's no money that can pay for the joy unspeakable and full of glory, knowing that you lived righteously before God, even if other people disagree with it and don't like it. See. But I do have to give God glory because I didn't know that God was doing all that to prepare me for this. I didn't know that he had to pull and pluck and and purge and prune. He sent me across this country to see the depravity of our country, to see the depravity of the church. Then he hid me away for a year to research and pray to prepare me to go into the belly of the beast, to move to Washington, D.C., to go there. See, he, all those roads that he took me on, all the journey was to prepare me for that. I stood before the king. I I stood before the president of the United States, even if he's Antichrist, you know what I'm saying? I stood there because the Lord had plucked and pulled. I was bribed when I was there. I was lured. That old devil tried hard, Brian, to suck me in the matrix. I'm telling you. So, God did all that for a reason. We have to trust him, see. So let's continue. Verse 17. And oh, let's go to verse 16. So I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that hears say, come. And let him that is thirsty, come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. See, this is the land of the living, is the waters. For I testify unto every man that hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of this book of the prophecy, God shall take See, this is what's sad about what the beast is doing. And a lot of the Nara, they're changing the Bible. God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifies these things says, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And see, bride, that is what it takes for us to finish our destiny To be among the land of the living is the grace of God. Let me tell you, the grace of God is not so you can be free to sin. That's not the grace of God that's been perverted and twisted. This grace and hope that they're pushing out here is perverted. No, the grace that God does is the grace to live out the walk, the grace to suffer the grace to obey him when nobody else understands, when there is nothing, when there's nothing you can see, nothing you can feel, nothing you can touch, nothing that guides you except that little bitty candle. The road of faith, the road of, of obedience to Jesus is very narrow and very small. But the rewards are so worth it. The rewards on that road, you know, now it's seven years later. Now I can, you know, testify to you that the road, that the road, that the beauty of his holiness on that road is so much more than what I would have ever done if I would have stayed back here after I graduated and done the life that I wanted because I knew there'd be sure money and whatever, you know, that road might have had some other result, you know, but this road, this road is much more rewarding It it cost you everything, everything. It's a death to yourself and a death to your image, a death to the image that the devil tried to make up for you and the image of men. Because when you walk in a road of obedience, you will God will do things to cause, you know, that to make other people think you're foolish, but he does the foolish things to confound the wise. Like I truly believe this from the bottom of my heart that when God sent me to the White House, that was a foolish thing to confound the wise. Because in the natural, I should have never been there. In the natural. It was so shocking to some people uh, that they called me into a meeting when I first got to Washington, D.C., and they found out that, that, that I got in the White House. They called me in a meeting. How did you get in? You know, like this kind of look. How did you get in? You know, what organization are you with? Who's your contact? You know, that kind of meeting. And I was able to tell them, Bride, with full surety, God. That's the only way. That's (laughs) that's all I can say about it. The, The favor of God is beyond measure. You know, but going back six years of the sifting, homelessness, purging, I had that spirit of suicide come at me twice. Twice. To try to get me to kill myself. Dark, dark road. See, God tested me every which way but lose, purged me, and prepared me to go up there after going across this country and seeing what is happening in our churches and living with ministers and hearing the heart of ministers and then going up there and seeing what they're doing to those ministers, that's... I think the devil tried to come at me really hard through that bribe because it really hurt my feelings. When I got up there, everybody out here, my little world out here all celebrated me. Oh man, she got in the white house is so awesome. And as long as I was speaking the narrative of what they wanted to hear because they love him so much and they're so excited that I'm right there in front of him and I'm praying for him every day. And... But as soon as I saw red flags, as soon as I saw the truth, which is why God brought me there, I had a decision to make, right? It was, I'm telling you, it was horrible. What do I do? Because many people. When they get to that road, they make the wrong one. And I've seen them, Brad. They, these ministers, they start out good. They start out good. And then that road comes where they have to decide about what they know and what they're going to be willing to keep doing in order to go up. If I would have stayed on that road, I'd probably be in the president's office by now. you see what I'm saying? I would have been escalated and elevated beautifully. (laughs) You know, the doors were open wide for me, you know. But when I saw the truth of what's really happening, I had to make a choice. What am I going to do with this? And how am I going to tell? This is what I was thinking. How am I going to tell the bride he is not with her? Oh man? It was so grievous, Bride, you just wouldn't believe it. When I left Washington, D.C., it took me probably six months of grieving. Six months to get this hurt I had in my heart over what I learned there uh, to be able to fully just come out and tell everybody all this, you know. But that's the price that you pay, Bride. You know, and the Lord, he knew that I would be tempted every which way but loose up there. That's why he purged me. That's why he pruned me. That's why he chastised me, corrected me, rebuked me, purified me. Because he knew when I got up there what was facing me by the devil. But see, if I would have resisted him molding me, making me, purging me, sifting me, trying me, I may have got up there around that temptation and failed miserably. The world may think I was all that in a bag of chips because I had risen so high. But I would have been way out of God's favor, out of his will, because I partnered with the beast. You see what I mean? It's not man's eyes that we live to please. I'm telling you, it is the Lord's. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. See, we want his face upon us brides, we want the beauty of his holiness. The joy of the Lord, we want that, that peace beyond understanding on us. But if we compromise, it's a killer. Compromising with the devil is a destroyer and it's a killer. It will suck the life right out of you. That anointing the river, it will just suck that right out of you, Brad. So let me pray for you. Because I feel in the spirit that there's people watching this broadcast. I haven't looked at the chat, so I don't know what y'all are saying. But I, I have a feeling that there's people watching the broadcast that are in this boat. That they have compromised and lived with people for security's sake at the cost of their children at the cost of their self, at the cost of their family, at the cost of their image, and at the cost of God. So what I want to pray for you, Brian, is that God would, that first of all, we repent, and then that God would speak to you on how to get out of that mess. Run for the hills, get out. Go where the safety net is, and that's holiness. There is no other road but holiness, bride. There is no other way. The devil is a liar, and he is lying to people right now because everything looks so traumatic. Everything is hurting. Everything is terrible. So he lies to them and says, you need to do this for money. You need to do this. You need to have them pay your bills. and You need to do this. You know, he has them lean upon these things because it's easy. But see, the Lord already knows this. He he already has a plan. We have to hear Him. So let's pray. Lord, I pray for all my friends out there right now. And I pray, God, that if they're in this situation where they are leaning on other people for provision, to where it is a harm to children or a harm to their self, Or it's out of your holiness if they're doing things that are wrong inappropriately. I pray, God, that you give them the strength inside to stand up for holiness and stand up for righteousness in this last moment, Lord. I pray that you give them the courage to do what is right. And Lord, I pray that you speak to them today on how to get out of this situation so that they can can be free, Lord, to live pure and to go down a new road with you and a a new life and and to have your face shine upon them, Lord, in this hour. So, Lord, I pray right now the blood of Jesus over them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, Lord. And I pray that you heal them I pray that you let them know, Lord, how you are so real. You understand their needs and that you are their creator. You designed them. You chose for them to live here in the earth in this hour, in the last days. You chose this. So you that means you have a plan for them. And Lord, also for your people, you make the crooked path straight. If they got off kilter. if if they did something wrong and they got off kilter and they made the wrong choice, you are a restorer. You can restore to them what the devil has stolen. Yes, I hear him say this. Yes, he can restore what the devil has stolen. So, Lord, I pray right now that you open the doors wide for them, Lord. And I pray, God, that they hear your voice and would be willing to walk through that door of holiness, walk through that door of pureness, walk through that door of consecration, Lord, knowing that you're going to be on the other side and you are going to take care of them. In the name of Jesus, give them strength, Lord, give them grace. That's why we have your grace, Lord, to be able to walk it out. Your grace is sufficient for them to be able to live holy and to be a good representation to their family and to be a good example of living a good Christian life without, uh, without hidden things, in Jesus' name. Now, if there's someone watching That is not right with the Lord and you don't know if you're saved. You don't know if when your time is called, if you're ready to see him. Let's deal with that right now. Now, the way that we deal with that is repentance. Okay, so let's bow our heads to those of you that want to make things right with God. Let's go ahead. Lord, I just pray right now for all of my friends out there, Lord, that are wanting to live for you, Lord, and give their life to you 100%. And they're wanting to take that plunge into the roads of faith, into this life of faith, Lord. I pray right now that your presence just fills their room, that you just fill them, Lord, right now with your presence. And Lord, I just pray right now that you hold their hand as they transfer out of this Uh, old world and old image into this new world and this new image that you have for them, Lord. So all of you that are in that boat that want to make sure that you're right with God, just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the dead and that you are resurrected and alive. Please forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my rebellion. And I choose this day To give you my life and to have you come into my heart. Show me your ways, Lord. Show me your holiness and give me the grace to finish my race. In Jesus' name, amen. See, Bride, it's not how you begin the race. It's how you end it. And see, we have been seeing a lot of these great preachers that we have trusted for years that was on a very good path. We're seeing them ending their race in a terrible way. It's not how you end it, Bride. I mean, it's not how you begin it. It's how you end it. So even if you are coming home to the finish line, getting ready to meet the Lord, you can still turn it around for the good and you can still give God and repent and give God the rest of your days. See? There is no other requirement on this road, Bri, but holiness. Because... You are the bride of Christ. Do you understand that bride? This is why in this ministry called We Are the Bride. This is why I call you bride. Because the Lord has given me a visual of when I look in this camera, I don't see just a raw old camera. I see his bride, his beautiful bride. You're so beautiful, bride. Do you realize that your dress that the Lord has you clothed in right now? Some of you have been scarred. Some of you have a bloody dress. Some of you have been knocked down, beat down and persecuted. But when the Lord sees you, it is so beautiful. And when you repent, bride, repentance is so beautiful to him because it keeps, it keeps your heart pliable for Him to be able to still use you in a mighty way. See, that's the danger of going down roads, roads and rabbit trails of knowledge where we always want to know what's happening here, what's happening here, and we're always searching, searching, researching, researching, and we can get into some dark discoveries, Bride. I want to encourage you today. You know, the tree of knowledge of good and evil can take us down roads that will rotten us. Because not everything that's out there, bride, is meant for you to know about it. Do you understand? I'm talking to you as a mama right now. There's a lot of terrible things out there. That's happening to children and happening to adults and happening to women and happening to men and happening to babies. But it doesn't mean that God wants you to know about all that. That for you to fill your spirit with all of that knowledge. Do you understand? God wants you to take this Bible And all them hours of research, Bride, that you're doing to discover all this knowledge, get in here. Let him show you what he has for you to finish this book. We're getting ready to step into glory. And I'm encouraging you because I bet you 98% of my audience is researchers. Don't get so caught up into the knowledge of the world, that we lose the knowledge of the word. That one letter L, learn, is the difference between word and world. I'm saying that by the spirit, Brad. Right? If we spent the time in here that we do research in all this, imagine where we would be right now. We need to get back in the word and eat it. As hungry for this as we are for knowledge of what's happening out there, the horrible things that are happening. Bride, let me tell you something. When I did that report of what the president's doing with the LGBT the other day, I wept. I was so grieved. And it's going to get worse, Bride. I almost hate to even do the news with Biden in there. You know, with Trump, a lot of things are hidden. So he, get, he at least gives a front of goodness. But with the Democrats, I told you the Democrats just are all UN. They're, they're the voice of the in-your-face UN. The Republicans are the voice of the hidden UN. Do you hear what I'm saying? mixed with the church i almost hate to do the news with biden as president because i'll just it'd be like i'm just sitting there reading vomit all the time you know just this is what the u.n is doing this is what the u.n is doing this is what they're doing they're going to do this they're coming after church they're you know they're going to take the bibles today and they're going to go up here and they're going to martyr they're going to be hid they're you know they're gonna do this, justara, They're gonna do Nasara, and then you got the fake church out here doing this fake revival across this world, and then you got the president probably right there with them. I mean, you don't know what is ahead, bride. I am not looking forward to reporting on any of that mess. I would be just as happy, bride, to be sitting here doing Bible studies every day and just sitting here just feeding you the Word. And singing. Do you know, bride, what a joy it is to sing? I don't have this old mask clogging me down, holding me down, trying to stop me from singing the glories of God. We are blessed to even live in a time right now where we can be online and sing. Where I can be online and even sharing the Word of God. I don't want to be one of these news organizations that's just going to sit and tell you all the time all the horrible things that the enemy is planning for you. Do you hear me, Bride? That's why I'm trying to balance it with the word and you know speaking into you, preparing you as the bride for what's coming. You know, uh, giving you the strength, the grace to endure. Because I'm t- I could go, I know how to research, Brad. I could go down some rabbit holes and just blow your mind. You know what I'm saying? But is that God's will for you to know all the gory, gory details? You see? I believe it's God's will for you to know who are you called to be right now. Well, let's say we only have two months left. I do believe it's important for me to do the news from the White House and the State Secretary of State, though. I I believe, you know, and this is my opinion, but I believe I'm the only one telling the truth out here, and I'm not trying to brag. But I don't know of any other organization that has the access to the information that I do that tells you what I do. Do I mean somebody? Please tell me. I know there's plenty of. Other media out, you know, news outlets out there that are telling you like what they can find on the Internet about this and that, you know, type of deal. I understand that. But I'm talking about somebody that looks out for the church and warns you about what they're really doing on the governmental level that's going to tell you the truth. You know what, Bride? I just went through the last since Wednesday to Friday, three days of information from the White House and from the Secretary of State and the U.N. I was almost traumatized just from three days of information, Bride, Much less, I mean, they are moving at warp speed right now, not just in the vaccines, but they are moving at warp speed in doing this paperwork in these uh, executive orders and stuff. That is going to hurt us in the very near future. So uh, I do believe I should still do that for sure, you know. But I'm just telling you, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, don't get so caught up in the rabbit trails of knowledge that it takes you down a dark road and then you scare off everybody around you. Do you hear me? You can scare off everybody around you because you're so, you're so full of knowledge that you're really useless because people don't want to have relationship with you anymore because all you want to talk about is those deep, dark stuff. You know, it's like people are saying I'm living here, you know, Uh, yes, you may know all the depravity and the gross and dark things that are really happening out there, but we're still here on the earth with people and you still have children that you need to have relationship with, you know, and you have family members. You see what I mean? And so, uh, just don't get so caught up in all that, that you lose yourself and you lose your relationship with people you know and we need to get in the word and be filled with joy and and the knowledge of who we're called to be in this hour because he has a plan for us in this hour he has a purpose so that's what I want to encourage you in today bride and I pray you have a very blessed wonderful day today okay god bless
1: treehouse publishers presents Author and White House Correspondent Dr. June Knight has published 10 books as she traveled the country in obedience to God-serving ministries. Her books are about the Bride of Christ preparing the church for the end of days, persecution, purity, and spiritual warfare. She even wrote a book revealing the pain and struggles of her own life called Testimony of a Broken Bride Jesus is the True Husband. Her books hope to help families make right decisions in the coming days about the mark of the beast and to choose Jesus over the beast system. Dr. June released four books this year about current-day situations such as Judgment, Technology, Tribulation Days and more. These four books released in April of 2020 after she left the White House and exposes what she knows about President Trump and the anti Christ Agenda. These books reveal apostasy plus idolatry equals judgment and it's for the harvest. Dr. June reveals the great divide in the church in this hour due to the great deception. She explains what is the ecumenical movement, new apostolic reformation, and false religions. Exposes the One World Religion Agenda Dr. Dune exposes the New World Order and satanic agenda, this book exposes the lie of the new apostolic reformation evangelicals who have surrounded the president and is partnering with the beast system. This books chronicles 40 days of repentance and casting down 40 idols in our nation and church. This book reveals the biblical pattern of judgment and the current judgment. What is the pattern of God's judgment? Why does he judge? What is my role in this? This book discusses now that we know apostasy plus idolatry equals judgement where do we go from here, how do we prepare, what do we look for, what about technology, the human implantation chip, etc. So purchase the American quad books today before they shut them down. Be alert. Be informed. Be equipped for the war ahead. Or go to www.gotreehouse.org and purchase all 10 of Dr. June's books today on sale. If you are interested in writing a book please go to treehousepublishers.com. Thank you.